0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one leisurely page of Talmud every day. Now look, I don't know you, but I'm willing to bet that if I took a peek at your calendar for the coming week, I'd find a thicket of to-dos. Here at Casa Libowitz, we have work meetings about for a day now that we've all gone virtual. We have deadlines and team retreats. We have horseback riding camp and art camp for the kids. We have tennis lessons and pool outings and other summertime musts. We have Drinks with friends and dinners with families. We have shul and shabbat and prayers thrice daily. We have a pile of books the size of a small mountain on our nightstands just waiting to be read and a queue of must-watch shows on Netflix. We have recipes we've cut out two summers ago and still never tried. We, in other words, have a lot to do and never, it seems, never enough time to do it. Rabbi Eliezer would totally understand. In today's daf, Sukkah 27, he issues a surprising and utterly delightful decree. God bless the lazy? Have a listen. Rabbi Eliezer would say, I praise the lazy, who, although they act no differently than they do the entire year, are praiseworthy because they do not leave their houses on the festival of Sukkot. As it is written, you shall rejoice you and your household. The term your household is interpreted as referring to one's wife. One who is not home cannot rejoice with his wife. In other words, Rabbi Eliezer is telling us those who are lazy and stay at home are the only ones who truly get what the holiday of Sukkot is about. Amen to that, brother. Even in our blissfully tolerant age, being lazy is still very much a sin. We praise the productive, applaud those who plan and do, and look askance at anyone who admits to just liking it on the couch, sitting listlessly and doing nothing in particular. We spend tens of millions of dollars on books and programs designed to help us be more efficient, cram more into the very limited number of hours in each day. And as it turns out, all this obsession with accomplishment is doing us no favors. As is so often the case, the wise rabbis of the Talmud intuited and understood what science would later giddily confirm, in our case, the emotional, intellectual, and spiritual benefits of simply wasting time. Don't take it from me. Just listen to Alan Lightman, a professor at MIT who spent little time beating around the bush in the title of his new book. The title? Well, in praise of wasting time. Lightman's argument, like all profound ones, is at once entirely obvious and absolutely shocking. All this fancy new tech of ours, he argues, should have bought us many idle and pleasurable hours. Now that machines can clean our houses and chop our food and wash our clothes and our dishes, why not use the time we once spent toiling on all these chores, simply napping or ambling in the garden or indulging in any number of slow and sweet pastimes? Instead, we went in a very different direction. Being human with great efficiency came greater expectations. Our house is reasonably clean. Let's get it cleaner. Our jobs are productive, let's produce more. It's a vicious cycle. And it didn't help at all that the information age also brought with it a torrent of, well, information, which, Leitman writes, polluted our minds just like the dark suit that once emanated from the factories during the Industrial Revolution polluted the air. We may want to take a second and reflect or feel or analyze or process, but we never have the time. As soon as we stop for a moment, something assaults our senses. A news alert on our phones, say, or a text or an email or a screen in the back seat of a taxi cab or a flashing billboard out in the street or music streaming in a store. Something, anything, is always there to distract us. Add to that our passion for production and you see just how disastrous things could get. We're constantly running, constantly doing, but rarely reflecting which Rabbi Eliezer would have us know is a very bad idea. Like Professor Lightman, the sages of the Talmud understood that time came in two flavors. There is, as Lightman writes in his book, cronus, time as it is measured by the clock. And then there's kairos, or the ideal moment for action, the sort of qualitative, not quantitative moment, that emerges only when our brains are sufficiently refreshed and rested, and we're able to think feel, and do mindfully, not mechanically or hurriedly. Kairos is about better, not just more. It's about, as the saying goes, quality time. It's about understanding that the 20 minutes of distraction-free, put-the-phone-away time you took to play with your kid is better in every way than the two hours you spent with her in the car, driving her around from horseback riding camp to violin lesson while taking a work call on your phone and simultaneously looking up a recipe for dinner. Rabbi Eliezer knew that celebrating Sukkot, truly diving into the spirit of the holiday, you needed to go full kairos, and that the lazy among us, those who often shun the temptation to run faster or work harder and do more, are sometimes better than most at reaching that blissfully relaxed state of mind. As we're about to begin Elul, the Jewish month of reflection, leading up to the high holidays and their days of awe and judgment, Let's learn a lesson from Eliezer and vow to be a bit lazier in the coming new year. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf I'm your host, Leah Libowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Skarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmagcom take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at take one Dafyomi.